me and thank you for joining us today for Bible study. I want to say how much I appreciate you because the word of God is precious. I believe with all my heart the best thing that can happen to all of us is to know the word of God very well. Would you believe the Bible say that people perish for lack of knowledge? That's Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. So I commend you for joining me this evening so that we can study the Bible together and gain more knowledge and more revelation, more understanding, and hopefully more wisdom of God in the conduct of our life. Today, we are going to be studying the first book of Timothy. Uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, what we have been doing is to go through the whole Bible, each book of the Bible, and all I do is just kind of summarize what's going on and point out some nuggets that I believe is good for, for your living, is good for my living. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to water whatever seed that I sowed in your life. So that's what we're doing this evening, the book of First Timothy. First, let me begin by giving you some background to that book. The book was written by Apostle Paul. In fact, Apostle Paul just about wrote almost half of the, the New Testament. God used that brother very, very well. You do need to know that Apostle Paul, he was in the business of preaching and teaching and serving as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in, in his effort to spread the gospel, he did a lot of traveling. And also, in the process of traveling from place to place, then he developed some network of people who worked with him, or what we would call co-workers, or partners in ministry. You see, just like me, I do a lot of traveling. I preach in Africa, I preach in Europe, of course here in America. So it's not uncommon for ministers to travel. So Paul was traveling, and in the process, when he got to a city called Lystra, he discovered a young man, 17-year-old. His name is Timothy. Remember the name of this book is called First Timothy? That book was named after that teenage boy that Paul ran into. He met Timothy's mom, Louise, and he met his grandma, uh, Eunice. And basically what Paul discovered is that this young man was well trained by his mama and his grandmother. There was no mention about his dad, but God, God through Paul spoke very highly of his mama and his grandmother. I can stop there and begin to preach because there are many of you that goes around thinking, oh, 
If the father is not dead, that child is not going to make it. Well, I got good news for you. Timothy did very well because he had a good mom and he had a good grandmother. Let me ask you this question. You may be a mother listening to me or maybe a grandmother. Have you ever thought seriously about how God can use you to raise your children and your grandchildren? I mean, the obvious message right from the beginning of the first book of Timothy was that Apostle Paul was highly impressed by the way Timothy was raised. He was raised to be well-mannered. He was raised to be a good character. He was raised to love the Lord. Guess who did it? His mama and his grandmother. In fact, so much, Paul was so impressed that Paul from time to time would tell Timothy, don't forget the teachings of your mama. Wow. Don't forget the teachings of your grandmother. And Paul would name them. Mother's name was Louise. And grandma's name was Eunice. And he would commend both of them for the way they raised Timothy. If you're a parent listening to me, it doesn't matter to me whether you're the mother or whether you're the father, whether you're uncle, whether you're your auntie, whether you're grandma or grandpa. The first message is this. Do your very best to be a positive influence in the life of your children and your grandchildren. Wow, I can shout on that. I believe with all my heart, if we would do that, this world would be a better place. I say amen to that. <laughs> then the next thing I need to point out up front to you is that Timothy's daddy was a Greek. But his mama and his grandmother were Messianic Jews. I'm sure you'll be saying, okay, so what's the big deal about that? The big deal is that you see a situation of interracial marriage. The father is a Greek. The mother is a Jew. Well, people ask me all the time, should black people marry white people? Should white people marry black people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're different, different culture. But the truth be told, in the world of God, there were interracial marriage. In fact, Moses, if you go way back to the, the Old Testament, Moses was married to an African. Probably blacker than me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the Bible really is an answer to so many life questions. Now, the issue is not whether your spouse, your husband, or your wife is white or black. The issue is really did God put you all together? Are you marrying for lust or for love? And if God is in it, it doesn't matter whether your spouse comes from Russia or from Africa or from China or wherever. Just make sure 
that God is leading you to marry that person. Oh, that will preach. Those are two powerful messages already. And that's just introducing the book. Then you need to know this book is about uh, Apostle Paul trying to teach young Timothy how to be a good leader, how to be a good pastor. Of course, a book like this is, I will come, I would say is highly recommended for those of you who are in ministry, for those of you who are leaders, leaders on your job, leaders in your home, I mean, all of us really, we are called into leadership. So wherever you're leading, you need to pay attention to this. Let me say a few more things by way of introduction. The church that we are talking about here is in a place called Ephesus. And Paul went and planted that church. And after he planted the church, of course, Paul by nature, he travels a lot. He will plant a church, teach them, and then allow them to grow while he goes and plant more churches. Well, what happened here is that the church at Ephesus was infiltrated by some false teaching. After Paul had left the city of Ephesus, he heard rumors that there were some bad things going on in the church that he founded. So guess what he did? He chose young Timothy young teenage boy to go to Ephesus and confront all those false teachers and set in order, get the church on track. In other words, he basically sent young Timothy to go and pastor the church at Ephesus and strengthen things out. I wish I could tell you that Pastoral work is always smooth. Even in my own ministry, you have, from time to time, you have to deal with issues, issues within the church, issues within the families of the church, issues outside the church. And sometimes you may have to deal with heresy, people coming in to teach wrong things. So what you are reading in the book of First Timothy is really not completely over, you're still dealing with that, those issues today. So what we need to pick from that book is how do you deal with these issues when they come up? So Paul is sending Timothy to go and pastor that church at Ephesus, confront all those false teachers, set the house in order, and pastor the church. So Timothy relocated to Ephesus and was actually doing what Paul told him to do, was confronting the false teaching and setting the church straight and all that, was doing a good job. So Paul decided to write him a letter. That's why we call it the first book of Timothy. It is Paul writing to his son in the ministry to his protege in ministry and try to tell him, young man, this is what you need to do as a pastor. This is how to do communion. This is how to do baptism. Or this is how you set to dispute. 
or whatever else he wants to address. Guess what? I do the same thing today. <clears throat> I've had some sons in the Lord and some daughters in the Lord that they have more or less graduated from this church. They're pastoring their own church or they're running their own ministries. Some of them are not even in this community. They, they have moved on to other cities. But from time to time, they will call me and ask me, okay, pastor, you my pastor. How do I deal with this? I got this problem in my church. How do I deal with this? Or how do I handle this issue? Or how do I handle that? So because I've been doing the same thing for 20-something years, they're hoping that they can glean from the wisdom that I've acquired through my ministry and my experience. So here, Paul, as an elderly preacher, is writing to Timothy, and the focus of the whole book is on how to lead properly, how to be a good leader. So if you're looking for whatever, what is it to learn from the book of 1 Timothy, is simply how to lead. And he started out by letting Timothy know, first and foremost, don't let nobody despise your youthfulness. You know, you come to church and old folks will tell you, oh, we've been doing things this way for 50 years. Sometimes they will let you know, you're just a little kid, you're a rookie, what do you know? We've been in this business and this Christian journey for a long, long time. And Paul is saying to Timothy, first and foremost, don't let nobody intimidate you because of your age. You may be young in age, but your Christian maturity is tough enough. You are strong enough to pastor the whole church. So don't let nobody scare you. Oh, I can stop being testified. Because I remember when I first started pastoring, some people would not even call me pastor. It was tough. It was rough. But when you know who you are, and you know who she are, you're not going to be intimidated. You might be wondering, how does that apply to you? Where in your own way, you're a leader. You may be a leader in your home, as a dad, as a husband, as a mother, as a wife. And sometimes, every now and then, the devil will try to intimidate you. He might even use some of your children to tell you, you don't know what you're saying, or you don't know what you're doing. And my message to you today is to be able to stand your ground. Know who you are in Christ. Know that you may not have all the education, you may not have all the knowledge to be the great mothers they expect you to be, but who God called, he qualified. If God give you the grace to birth that child, you have every right to look that child in the face and say, I am mama, get over it. I brought you to this planet 
I know something that you don't know. You better listen, son. <laughs> Hallelujah. You better listen, my dear. So don't let anyone intimidate you. Stand your ground. If you're a daddy, stand your ground. If you're a mother, stand your ground. So that's a powerful message. I have to learn to respect the office that God put me in as father, as pastor, even supervisor of my job. Some people will just not respect you. Some people don't want to submit to you. Some people will even discriminate against you because of the color of your skin. But you need to know who you are. You need to know that God put you in that position. And you need to be able to speak with boldness and stand your ground. Then the next thing that Paul was trying to tell Timothy is to say, look, I'm hearing that some women are acting up in that church. I'm sick and tired of it. Guess what the women were doing? <laughs> hey, don't turn me up. You see, there were, there were three classes of women in that church. The first class are people who are wealthy, wealthy women. And they were doing two things. Number one, every Sunday they parade themselves in, in nice clothes. It's like a fashion show every weekend. Sounds like some churches today. <laughs> It's amazing how practical the Bible is. These women will show up every weekend all nicely dressed. Well, you might say, so what's wrong with dressing up, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. It's not so much the dress. It's leaving the impression that they are better than those who doesn't have those kind of dress on. Sisters can be tough sometimes. They can be hard on each other. People that have husband, sometimes they think they're better. People that have a man, they try to intimidate those who don't have no man. People that are better dressed or have some money to play with. They and Paul is saying, cut off all this foolishness. We are here to serve God. This is not a fashion show. This is not a place to parade how beautiful you are or how well-dressed you are or the latest dress. I mean, some people will even get to the extent of saying, why is she wearing the same clothes that I'm wearing? Some people will not even shop in the local mall because they don't want to see other women wear the same clothing that they have. There's craziness, all kinds of craziness going on. Apostle Paul said, look, 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 this is time out for foolishness. He charged Timothy to straighten that out. Another problem that they have in that church from the women is that the women were trying to take over the church. So they were trying to run the show, trying to tell who's going to do what and that. So Apostle Paul said, look, tell those women, shut up. <laughs> That's exactly what 
even if you have to say something, go home. Talk to your husband before you come to the house of God. This is my opinion. This is our feet. This is our... Please. Now, that has become a subject of controversy for years and years because people are now asking the question, does that mean women should not share in the church? Women should not lead in the church? Or what is Paul trying to say? Honestly, different theologians differ on that. There are some who believe that Paul is basically saying when it comes to leadership in a spiritual organization like the church, women should not lead. There are others who believe Paul is not forbidding women to lead. He is only saying women should not lead over men. Another opinion. Then there are some who, who believe that Apostle Paul is really just talking about the women in that particular church at the church at Ephesus that were acting bad. And it has nothing to do with women all over the world. Well, so everybody have their own interpretation of that verse. Now I can only share mine with you. I believe with all my heart that both men and women are called to minister. And I'm not just talking theory. Uh, I pastor a church here in central Louisiana where many churches do not allow women to, to preach or certainly not to pastor or not to minister. In my church, I'm not criticizing these other pastors or these other churches because everybody will have to account to God for what they believe. And everybody will have to answer to God for what he sent them to do. Now, in my church, I don't have any restriction on anybody. I believe God can use a man, God can use a woman, God can use a child, God can use a youth, uh, God can use black, God can use white, I mean, name it. So, but that's my own position. Now, can I deny the fact that Paul did ask the women in the church at Ephesus to, to shut up? Um, yes, it's, it's there. So, um, but I believe with all my heart, those instructions were limited in scope to those women in that church who were trying to take over or trying to do something ugly. All right? Now, another thing that Apostle Paul had to deal with are the widows. And the widows in that church fell into two categories. <laughs> there are some elderly widows that they don't have enough resources and they need help. Are you listening to me? Then there are younger widows who really, even though their husband had died, we have problem with them. And one of those problems is that they're sleeping around in the church. Of course, Paul heard about this thing. He says, look, this is a big mess. So he's sending Timothy to that church. 
as a young pastor. He said, look, confront that mess and straighten it out. What did Paul wants Timothy to do with it? He said, look, the young widows that are messing around, sleeping around, he said, look, you need to cut that up. It's bad enough that you've, you've lost your loved one, but let's not turn this into a field play for the enemy. For the, for the widows who have nothing to eat and struggling, again, he said, come on, people. What is the purpose of our church? What good is a church if you cannot even take care of the widows among you? So he charged young Timothy. He said, look, let the church pick up the load. If there are elderly people within the church, you know you are, they're suffering or you know they're struggling in any area. Let's use some of the church resources to help those widows. Wow. You see, the book is like a manual, a guidebook to, to Pastor Tim on how to lead his church. Then he moved on to another area, slaves and their masters. He was hearing the fact that back then they have slavery going on. And Paul was concerned that slaves who were, who were in the church, they were acting like slaves in the world. They were rebellious. They were disobedient to their pastors, to their masters. So Paul said, no, 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 no. Time out for foolishness. It's bad enough that you're slaves, but please don't act like worldly slaves. He says, slaves, obey your master." Sir, with honor. You might, some of you might have problem with that because you might be thinking uh, he's promoting slavery or whatever. No, the focus is really how do you how do you serve people that are over you? Like you and me today, we're not slaves. Thank God, but some of us work on our jobs with supervisors. Some of us work on a job with the boss. How do you conduct yourself? Paul is saying you ought to conduct yourself with good manners. You ought to be honorable. You ought to be respectful of your supervisor. Some of you say, but pastor, you don't know my supervisor. That man is no goody, blink, 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 what, whatever. Paul is teaching us in the book of 1 Timothy, just respect those who are over you. You know, I experienced that the other day. Uh, I have a boss on my job, you know. Uh, he's the president of the college where I'm a professor. And he and I, we went to, to have a visit with one of the local leaders. And so he just told me, Josh, pick me up. I want to ride in your car, and we go to see Honorable So-so-and-so. I said, no, no problem. So I picked him up, and we went to see this big shop politician, whatever. And we got there, so I sat down with, with my boss, and we sat there for over an hour. We had a good visit. So on our way back, 
My boss asked me the question. I said, Dr. Dara, I said, yes, sir. He said, I noticed one thing. He said, when we were at the meeting, you did not open your mouth one single time. He said, I was wondering what's going on with Dr. Dara. I told him, I said, sir, you my boss. When you're talking, I need to shut up and listen. And he got quiet. He said, wow. He said, the Americans, they just learned what you just told me. He said, this country will be a better place. Do I have an opinion? You bet you. Do I have something to say on the subject they're discussing? You bet you. But because there's a hierarchy, I have a supervisor there. Unless they ask me to say something, I'll just sit there with a pretty smile and be there to support and not to interrupt. You know that man never forgets that single incident. Every time he will quote, I wish everybody would be like Dr. Dara. Some people don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> they say, why do we have to be like Dr. Dara? But you see, what Paul is teaching you and me is a doctrine called submission. Submission to authority. Children, you need to learn to submit to your parents. I'm not saying that your parents are smarter than you. In fact, the truth be told, uh, Ain't no shame in my game. I've seen many areas where my children is smarter than me. And I can point out so many areas where my wife is far, far superior, far smarter than me. But just because there's order in the house, so you just learn to respect people that God has put over you. Not because they're better, it's just you respect the office they hold. Some of you need to, to learn that. The only reason sometimes that people are not blessed is because they are not submissive. Many people are not submissive to their own spouse. They are not submissive to their own boss. And even when they are submissive to their own boss, it's only because their money is on the line. It's not from their spirit. And you study people like that. They're not making progress. It's unfortunate. They cannot make progress because they have not learned the power, the doctrine of submission. So Paul is telling Timothy, teach those who are slaves to submit to their own master. In other books, he teach the wife, he say, wife, submit to your own husband. Well, I'm American. That's why you still struggle. Have you ever thought about just embracing some principles in the word of God? Try it and see if it works. I have no problem whatsoever. This past Sunday, I was in a church. Uh, pastor by one of my sons in the ministry. He is the authority 
in that house. Where he wants to celebrate me, he said, oh, my pastor is in the house, and yada, yada, yada. But guess what? He is the pastor of that house. When he tells me to stand up, I stand up. When he tells me to sit down, I sit down. When he tells me to shut up, guess what I do? I shut up. You know why? Because I know how to be blessed. It doesn't mean I'm less than him. It doesn't mean that he's smarter than me. It doesn't mean he's more anointed. No, it's not all of that. So this is not about being American or being Puerto Rican. This is about learning how to be blessed. Are you listening to me? Apostle Paul told Timothy, straighten that mess out. Another thing that he told him to straighten out is with older men in the church. There were reports that was brought to Apostle Paul that old men, these are people who have retired, they are up in age, guess what they are doing? Every day they are just getting drunk. These were supposed to be Christians. I guess because there is nothing else to do so they wake up every day, they buy drink and drink all day. <laughs> Apostle Paul said, man, this is supposed to be a church, not a zoo. <laughs> Why are all these mess going on? So Apostle Paul said, look, young Timothy, you're a new pastor. You need to confront this behavior and you need to straighten it out. He told Timothy, respect the elderly for their age, but don't respect their behavior. Wow. That will preach. Did you hear what I just said? Because some people will use their age to justify wrongdoing. Some people will use their position to justify wrongdoing. So Apostle Paul is telling young Timothy, young man, yes, they are older than you, some of them are old enough to be your daddy, your mama. Respect their age, but not their ungodly behavior. If you see an elderly person doing wrong, look him in the face and say, look, mama, you need to quit that mess. Or look, papa, no, that's not of God. <laughs> I smile because I've had to do some of that in my own ministry. Thank God I don't have those problems anymore. But when I first came in, yes, I have, to, I have to do it. Guess what helped me? This same book of First Timothy. It's all about how to lead. How to lead. So it talks about servants. It talks about widows. It talks about, <laughs> it talks about women. It talks about authority in the church. It talks about not putting up with mess but straighten up the church so that God can bless the church. You might be thinking I'm just talking about leadership in the church. But let me be honest with you. If you want your family to be blessed, you have to straighten out your home. God does not like blessing anything out of order. He's a good God, but he cannot stand disorderliness. And if you, the quickest way to get your house blessed, to get your family blessed, is to 
Get the house in order. Get your family in order. It's, then it becomes natural for the blessing to flow. Hallelujah. I can shout on that. You show me a family that is blessed, I'll show you a place of orderliness. You show me a family that is dysfunctional and people are struggling, they're working hard but nothing to show for it, I can show you something is out of order. It could be the parenting, it could be the, 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 the husband and wife relationship, I mean, it could be several things. Anything out of order, whether it's a church, whether it's a school system, whether it's a family, or whether it's a job, a business, the first thing you need to do to position that institution, that marriage, that family, that church, that business, for the blessing of God is to put the house in order. The next thing that Apostle Paul shared with Timothy, he said, even you, brother pastor, you be an example for the whole congregation in humility, in good behavior, in character. You see, I, I will say this with utmost humility. I don't want people to judge my pastorate by how many years I've been here. Any pastor ought to be judged by, do you see the character of Jesus Christ in this man or in this woman? In faith, in godliness, in humility, in character. He, he is saying to young pastor Timothy, he said, be thou an example. It is not good theology if I'm telling you to do this, do that, do that, but you look into my own life and you don't see me doing it. Wow. Leadership, by example, is the way to go. Amen. I was humbled the other day. I was talking to one of my sons in the ministry, and he's actually a school principal right now principal of a high school, and he said, you know, pastor, I've studied you. I want to be just like you. I said, huh? What did I do this time? He said, you know, I saw you. You're, you're multidimensional. You flourish in this. You flourish in that. You have too many things going on. You have stream, streams of commerce. Uh, he said, and you, and you do everything well. He said, you know, after I studied you for so many years, I want to be just like that. I just don't want to be a school principal. I have so many other talents, so many other gifting to offer to this world, and I just don't want to do so many things, be jack of, of all trade, the master of nothing. I want to do everything I do very well. I say, praise God. I bless him, and I say, I pray God will grant you the the desires of your heart. You know what I'm trying to tell you, my friend? People are watching you. And that's why Paul is saying to Timothy, Pastor Timothy, be thou an example. In fact, he began to spell it out to Timothy. 
He said, if a man cannot control his own home, that man does not qualify to pastor any church. Whoa. That's serious word. So he's telling Timothy, I expect you to be a good example. I expect your family to be straight. I expect your wife to be straight. I expect your children to be saved, to be straight. I expect your, your grandchildren, anybody connected to you, they should be a, a masterpiece, a role model for everybody in your congregation. Those of you who are pastors that are listening to me, you might be saying, Pastor, I wish I knew what you just saying now. But you know, the word of God is not a book of condemnation. It's a book of encouragement. Wherever you are right now, you can begin to line up your family and line up your life with the word of God. And the more you get your home in order, the better you position your family to be blessed the better you position your church to be blessed. And I'm not just talking to pastors alone. I'm not just talking to ministers. You may be here today listening to me. Maybe you just got a day job and your family. Why not straighten those two out? Why not line up those two according to the word of God? Can you imagine if your family and my family is lined up and in order. Believe me when I tell you, blessings will flow. Over, over, over and over again. You will experience what David called my cup running over. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for your family. That's my prayer for my family. All of us, we're in the same boat. We have to work on it and work on it. The devil is trying to mess up, mess us up. He wants to mess up our marriage. He wants to mess up our children. He wants to mess up our grandchildren. He wants to mess, up, mess us up on our job or career or whatever. It's a constant battle. You've got to fight the good fight of faith so that you can lay hold of things eternal. Then Apostle Paul said, when you straighten up your life, he said, but that's not enough for your church to blossom. He said, you have to make sure you straighten out the elders of your church, the deacons of your church, the deaconesses of your church, the leadership of your church. I mean, Apostle Paul took the time to lay things out. He said, think about it. He said, somebody wants to be a bishop in your church, here are the qualifications. And if they don't meet that qualification, kiss them goodbye. Somebody wants to be an elder, somebody wants to be a deacon, a deaconess. He said, look, they have to meet this criteria, this qualification. Don't just put anybody there. Quantity is not what you need. It's quality leadership. Wow. This book is full of serious revelations. Can I be brutally honest with you? 
many churches are handicapped today because they have bad people in leadership. Why would you make somebody a deacon when they don't qualify to be one? Why will you make somebody a deaconess when they don't qualify to be one? Why will you let somebody to be leading in any area of your church life when you know in your heart they don't fit the bill? So Paul is challenging Timothy. He said, look, get the house in order. Get the church in order. And I believe with all my heart, this is not just for church. This is for you and me, our homes, our business, our career, our ministry. Let's line things up for the glory of God. See, I can go on and on to get into details of the qualification. I mean, he spelled it out. Uh, Dickie must be a husband of one wife or a minister, same thing. You got to get your house together and your wife got to not a uh, blah, 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 blah kind of woman. I mean, he just goes on to, to spell it out. I believe the Bible was good then. It's still good today. If you want to be blessed, if you want to see the move of God in your life, if you want to, to witness miracles after miracles, I believe the book of First Timothy, teaching you and me how to be a leader, be it at home, be it at work, be it at church, be it in the community, it's a must read for you. Thank you for listening today. If you need prayer or you need counseling or you, you, need, you have a question about something, there's a number under the screen. Dial that number. There are ministers of the gospel waiting to hear from you. They will talk with you. They will answer your questions. They will pray with you. Remember, we are all in this boat together. The goal of our ministry is to see everybody move from point A to Z and be who God wants you to be and have what God wants you to have and go where God wants you to go and do what God wants you to do. May God bless you until we meet again. Amen.